Good afternoon, you're on the panel, RNZ National. Nice to be with you, Steve McCabe and Anna Dean with me today. Now, dairies nationwide closed their doors from 12.30 to 2.30 uh, today to protest what they are calling a crime emergency, including up to 60 outside Jacinda Ardern's electorate office. 34-year-old Jeanette Patel was fatally stabbed while working at Rose Cottage Superette in Sandringham, Auckland. On Sunday, uh, it's not only an Auckland issue. Dairies, uh, dairy owners across the Motu are feeling this. Just announced a new retail crime package. Uh, in fact, it was announced uh, about 20 minutes ago, including a new fog cannon subsidy scheme set up. The government to provide $4,000 for all small shops and dairies in New Zealand who want a fog cannon installed with shops to pay the balance. Now, I spoke to Mukesh Patel earlier. Mukesh has owned the South Brighton Dairy in Christchurch for nearly 20 years, but he's had enough. He's going home. At the moment, every single night, you can't sleep in the night time. You are under fear. Anytime somebody's going to be breaking, somebody's going to smash in, somebody's going to be coming, you don't know. All right. Well, thanks for joining us here on Radio New Zealand. I do appreciate it, Mikesh. All the very best. You have a nice afternoon. And I got a very good customer here. Would you like to talk to her? If, if you like. Okay, I'd love to. Would you mind talk to Radio New Zealand? Mother Chad. Radio New Zealand. Hi. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. You must be feeling uh, feeling uh, very, very sort of uh, sad about the events uh, that's happening in dairies at the moment, that uh, shocking stabbing. Yeah, no, it's horrible. Well, Mukesh, he's going to go go back to India in actually within a couple of years. That's a sad loss to your community? Oh, 100%. Honestly, me and my sister and three of my friends live in the area, and it was all over Facebook over the last few days, and all of us are actually really upset. Uh, now with us is Manish Thakar, Super Value Parkwood in Hamilton has been robbed around eight times since it opened in 2016. Manish, welcome. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. What have you experienced? Uh, yeah, since we opened back in 2016, we were robbed or burglared around seven or eight times so far. In last robbery, when I was on holiday, after five years, we went to Europe tour, and I was in Amsterdam. All of a sudden, I got a call from my staff that our shop has been armed robbery, armed robbery and uh, seven people came with knife and all weapons, and they took away around $40,000 worth of smoke, and they scared my staff badly. So I had to cut my journey back, and I had to cut my journey, and I had to come back early. Yeah, Manish, I guess there must uh, there must come a time. You heard um, uh, you heard uh, the gentleman Mukesh there saying that after twenty years or nearly twenty years, he told me uh, yeah. on the radio that actually he's just had enough. He and he spoke further than that. He went on to say that he only has two years left. Um, to go until he gets the pension, superannuation, yeah. but he goes, he's not going to wait that out. He's actually too frightened. I guess you too can... Frightened. See, uh, actually, I'm, uh, I'm representing Waikato Retailers Group, and all retailers are in con- day-to-day contact with me, and I am hearing this thing every day. Five or six shopkeepers from Waikato, they want to shut their shop, 
and they want to go back to their country. But the problem is the lease. They got long-term lease. If they're gonna, if they want to sell their business, they can't because of current circumstances. No one is keen to buy the business. So our goodwill is gone to drain. Ah. So whatever we paid to buy a business, means um, I, I, I opened my super value my own. So this is brand new shop. But the in dairy industry, when you buy a existing business, you have to pay goodwill. So that, that good goodwill, they're not going to get get it back. And also, if they close the shop, how how they will cope with the lease? Because they got long-term lease. Yes. So we, all retailers are in such a bad position, bad situation. This government is really ignoring us. I can say all migrants are badly ignored for last seven, eight years. Well, uh, Manish, we have a panel with us here on uh, on the show, um, and they might uh, offer some thoughts or some questions for you. Shall we jump in with yeah. Steve first? I mean, all I can do is sympathise at this point. I mean, how horrible must it be when all you try to do is is make a living and feed your family, mm. and uh, and this is what you have to deal with? Uh, mate, I have nothing but sympathy for what you're going through here. Um, what what would you like to see happen here? What would you like to see done? Yeah, we want to see zero crime country. When we came to New Zealand 20 years ago, this country was so nice, so beautiful, so lovely people around. Still, we got nice people around, but this black mark has been has really ruined us badly. And Manish, you were saying that it's been what in the last few years? When, in your opinion, did it turn? Several years ago, or just this year, or when? Now, since four or five years, last four or five years, this crime rate has gone so high. Okay, uh, Anna. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Manish. It must be, it must be, yeah, incredible. It's, it's very sobering to hear hear of how frightened and how frightening this all is. Um, It seems like the government has made quite a a quick uh, announcement that sounds like it has been listening in terms of this fog cannon subsidy. Is that something that you will be able to take up? Is that realistic? If uh, if you get $4,000... That is not realistic. They are just giving us lollipops. So fog cannons don't work? They should. They should act uh, they should change the laws, stick the laws. All teenagers, all the all youngsters are doing this, and they are mm-hmm. being directed by their, their parents or somebody else. We don't know because they know the law is so soft. They, if they get caught, they won't get punished. That is the biggest mm-hmm. issue. Just just on the fog cannon, Manish, so the government will provide $4,000 for all small oh. shops and dairies. Uh, so there, but there's other aspects as well. There'll be a um, $6 million retail crime prevention fund eligibility to ex- expand it to include aggravated robberies. So they're yeah. trying to, uh, well, they'd say they're trying to do the best and um, give you more access to services that will really, really help. Um, but you're not yeah. convinced. I had I had a meeting with Police Minister Chris Siskin last month yes. in Auckland. We all detailers met him. 
And uh, during conversation, he told that six million is gonna to release. I said it's more than four, five five months ago. You declared that you you're gonna to release the six million dollars. So far, as on date, only five or six uh, shopkeepers has got that uh, prevention money. Means uh, they did something over there. So how long they gonna to take it? Now, yesterday, I had a meeting with uh, um, our local MP. He said, we are struggling to find contractor to do the job. So this this is government. They really don't know what they're going to have to do, what they are doing. And see, time time is more important. Every day, crime rate is going on. We have to act something today. Okay. Hey, or, or future plan. And why, why they didn't release $6 million dollars? Two years ago. Finally, Mish, I was going to ask you, you know, because uh, first and foremost, as Steve McCabe said, safety and your safety, you and your whanau and your workers, paramount. We heard mm. Mukesh there leaving, mm. had enough. How, how about you? How long can you hold in there with your business? I really don't know because I invested more than $2 million. And uh, I don't know if if I want to sell today, who who could have to buy it? If someone is buying, I'm ready to sell it and uh, ready to move away somewhere else. Manish, thanks for being with us on the panel. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That's Manish Thakavia, Super Value Parkwood in Hamilton. It's um, pretty tough, isn't it? Pretty extraordinary. I, I, I can't imagine having to try and make a living under those circumstances. It's, it's and just daily, horrible. not yeah. knowing what the day will bring no. and the night. Yeah. 17 past for the panel. Um, now, a uh, completely different topic, this one, but um, a listener alerted to us. It's coming up to Christmas. So um, it's delicious, st- staple, especially in the lead-up. We're talking lamb here. A listener sent us this picture of a leg of New Zealand lamb going for £6.50 a kilo at a UK supermarket in Sainsbury's. It's about $12.60 a kilo. At New World, a leg of lamb has been sold online at $17.99 a kilo, and pack and save, it's uh, nearly 20 bucks. So what's going on? We thought we're trying to get to the bottom with the CEO of Beef and Lamb NZ, include, uh, Inc., Kit Arkwright. Kia ora, Kit. Good afternoon, Wallace. How are you? Very well. I was blown away by the difference. Why uh, is it so much cheaper? Yeah, look, it's it's a really um, understandable reaction you might have there. But I, I think probably the key point is to to make is that ultimately retailers set the price um, based on a range of factors, demand supply factors, and. In the UK in particular, New Zealand lamb is often run as a loss leader to get shoppers into the store. Um, so, you know, we know actually we've seen some, some research coming out of the UK that if one of the supermarket brands can get you into the store and buying your meat or fish or poultry from them, you're going to then spend three out of every four pounds of your food budget with them as well. So, and if we look at it in the lead up to Christmas, and and you can possibly hear, I am a I am a pom. Um, we do love New Zealand lamb, and so what Sainsbury's will be doing here is running it as a loss leader to get people in. They'll be buying their roast potatoes with them and everything else, and that is often what we see. But I do understand that it, it 
can cause surprise when you see that kind well, of Well, uh, interesting. It so happens my producer, Charlie, she's from England. She really could relate to this because uh, <laughs> she was saying this, is, this really did happen. Mark, I'm sorry, Steve, you're from the UK. Have you noticed this in the UK? Well, look, I mean, once again, I find myself discussing something I raised on the panel about four or five years ago. I've, I've talked about this before. This is an ongoing problem. New Zealand, for the longest time, um, has, has been a, a, a low-wage, high-cost economy. And everyone's just been told that. Everyone's going, oh, OK, fair enough. I wish there was something we could do about it. And people have just accepted it because it's been that way for so long. But the reality is that so much in this country, it's not just food, it's clothes, it's books are unbelievably expensive. Even for some reason, digital editions of books on Amazon cost more in New Zealand than they do overseas. It's not because the electronic... So uh, it's not just lamb? No, it's not just lamb. It's many, many, many things. And I've talked about this a lot on the panel before. New Zealanders are being ripped off constantly. Because, look, I mean, how long How long have we been talking about the absurd profits that um, supermarket chains are making here? We've been, we talk, we've been having that conversation right. for quite a while. We know things are too expensive. Stay here. there. Stay there, Kit. Let's bring in a Dean in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, a lot of these points are definitely true, but I also had the understanding that inflation, because it's been going crazy in this post-Brexit environment, that generally the UK is facing higher food prices all over the place and that that kind of golden era of cheap goods from from Europe and the rest of the world is actually changing. Um, So I think that this is, you know, it's in a contextual environment that, um, yes, it's crazy that they're they're running these things at a lost lead, but I'm sure that everything else is getting increasingly expensive. Lost lead, lead, Kat, but also, uh, as I understand, um, lost lead, high quality lamb. They get the better lamb. We don't. That's true. Uh, no, that is a that is a misconception around the quality that gets exported versus domestically. Ultimately, we, you know, with our exporters, they will place the product where they can get the best value. Um, and the grading that they do on any given product, whether it be a leg of lamb or a steak cut or whatever, there's a number of factors that go into looking at, at a piece of meat, whether it's the, the size of the animal, the, the fat grading, etc. And that will all, there'll be a number of factors that determine where a product or the market in which a product is placed. All right, Kit, thanks for being with us. That's Kit Arkwright there from uh, Beef and Lamb NZ, the CEO. Although Ken says, I just bought a nice shoulder of lamb, New Zealand lamb in Fiji. Cheaper oh. than here. That's, that's one thing for the panel tomorrow. Uh, is Steve McCabe correct? Yes. Uh, let me finish. Uh, are, are things generally more expensive in Aotearoa than in other countries, if you say from Australia, if you're from the UK, from Canada, wherever, Japan, are things uh, more expensive here? Email me, uh, the panel at rnz.co.nz, text 2101. All right, already quite a big response on this, so let's get into it. Should we find parents of truant children in a bid to tackle New Zealand's school attendance rates. The Education Review Office, ERA, warned earlier this month that New Zealand has worse school attendance than many other countries and many parents don't care if their children miss classes. ACT has unveiled their policy. They did it a day or so ago. Another idea is to have a traffic light system. This is what ACT said. So you've got a green light, 10% absent. An orange light? 30% absent, school is to hold a meeting with the family, and red light, 30% uh, or more, it's truant. 
could mean a fine and a police referral. Also, X says, uh, X says schools will be allowed to hire their own truancy officers. Ian Taylor is the principal of Manarewa Intermediate. Ian, kia ora. Hey, good idea. And I understand that you have markedly turned truancy around. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, after COVID um, kicked in, it was obviously pretty dramatic for Alfano. So we realised when we came back, we needed to get kids back to school straight away. So we thought about how do we do it? So we needed to create a real sense of belonging for our kids. We needed to make sure our lessons were even more exciting than they were previously. We needed to make sure our kids uh, felt important, that they were wanted, and we needed them at school. And we also talked about some real, you know, Maslow-type stuff around getting good sleep, eating well, and all those sort of things. So it was like a real holistic sort of view, I guess. Mm. I know that Steve's had um, a lot of uh, experience in education too, but look, Ian... This policy, um, the background being the ERA report saying that many parents and students did not agree that regular attendance was important, is this policy here, this traffic light policy, parents receiving fines, is it workable? Absolutely not. It's stupidity. I mean, Mm. punishing whānau that are more than likely already under the pump, um, this sort of threat isn't going to endear any positive relationships and there, aren't, there certainly won't be any positive consequences from it. So, I mean, a school, a school and the leadership team and teachers, they work really hard to get kids to school. And, I, and even if a school has bad attendance at the moment, school personnel are still working hard. The threat of a fine or whatever, it's stupid. And I think I heard you say that at 30% there would be a meeting with parents. Yep. I don't think any school would let that happen at that length of time anyway. I mean, we're meeting with parents within oh, a couple of absent days. We're making contact. Right. So well, that's interesting. A fine, a fine won't work. Okay, Steve. Look, I mean, this is obviously patent nonsense. I mean, You've been a high school teacher, haven't you? I, I, I was a high school teacher for eight years in a decile one high school in South Auckland. Okay, uh, would this work? Obviously not. Obviously What do you not. mean, obviously? It's, well, it's, a, it's a wake-up call. It's a okay. shot across the bow. That's all it is. No, it's an invoice in the letterbox saying, buck it's, up. It's, it's, it's typical one-dimensional clickbait thinking from David Seymour. We expect nothing less from the man because he can't understand the now, nuance on, involved Steve. in this. Look, there are, there's myriad reasons why any child is absent from school. We, we'll start off with, with Christopher Luxon saying that parents chose to have kids and so they should be sending the kids to school. He doesn't know how many kids are being raised by their grandparents. So, that, so there's no understanding of the, the family situation. There are kids who, frankly, shouldn't be at school because they're not in the right emotional space. Like, give us an example. I'll give you an example. Uh, a couple of years, well, about five, six years ago now, I was teaching uh, a group of 14-year-olds. A boy was being so disruptive, I had to ask him to leave the room. He did so. He went outside and then punched through the window. So he doesn't need to be in school. There are reasons why he shouldn't be there. As we've just heard, criminalising it and then sending fines to families who are already financially challenged isn't going to do any good. All it's going to do is criminalise them. And remember, a fine is only a penalty if you are poor. If you're rich, it's a fee that you factor into all the decisions. So if you want to go on a, right. on a holiday, it's just a line item in the among the business class fares to Hawaii when you go on a holiday okay. with your kids during term time. That's a big it's no. a dreadful idea. <laughs> That's a big note from Steve Ian's uh, not a fan... Uh, Anna. 
Uh, I um, completely agree and talked to a few teachers about this over the weekend and they all thought it was patently stupid. I mean, it's just it, it beggars belief, really, that we give so much attention to these pathetic um, press releases that come out from David Seymour time and time again. He's just pumping them out on the daily. And well, I, um, I'm, I'm just coming back, I guess, Ian, to, I mean, this is what Ruth Shinoda said from Aero. Look, say missing school adds up and if students miss the week of school each term, by the time they're 16, they will have missed a year of schooling. And I'm just thinking, yes, um, uh, there is a deprivation issue here, but I've also known people, and I brought this up earlier, uh, who took uh, parents who took three weeks, uh, uh, three weeks to go skiing because they thought that was a life lesson. What's wrong with them getting an invoice of, say, $70 to go, do it again, we'll increase? I mean, that's a different scenario, though, isn't it? I mean, from our, our point of view, we're talking about the lack of attendance, especially related to the COVID situation and the way families are feeling about things and the state of mind for many of them. So, I mean, it is about building stronger relationships. That's the first thing we have to do. And if a school's going to be threatening to charge a parent, bloody hell, they're going to be, the relationship's going to be destroyed between the school and the whānau, and that can't happen. We've got, we've got to make sure lessons and school is an exciting place to be. And school staff work their butts off to do that under pretty extreme circumstances at the moment. So get that sense of belonging, make, it, make school exciting for them, they'll come. And just finally, um, uh, Ian, you are actually starting to get results. Yeah, I mean, our attendance prior to COVID was really, really good. Um, it, 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 it was pretty flat when we first came back, so we, we made our efforts even higher. Uh, even more sorry, and now we're getting back to a not quite to where we were, but we're heading towards the 90-odd percentile, and that's really important for us because this is the best place for our kids to be. And if it's where you want your kids to be, make it an attractive place. The school I taught Absolutely. at was falling down. I, I used to have to mop the floors after a, a night of rain. There were mouldy walls on the corridors where people were feeling sick from being down there. And the ministry, and this was under the national government, um, the ministry would not put money sufficient to make it fit for human habitation. Uh, the current principal at that school is now providing cooked breakfast through uh, charitable donations. And he's now actually getting kids to come there. He's made it a place where kids want to be. Oh. But then you need to make it a place where you're not disgusted to walk into every morning. So make does, it, that, does, that, does that work? Do, do those small things help bring keep the kids there? Yeah, it's almost like education by stealth. You get them in, and once they're there, then you can possibly start to give them a reason to want to stay. But, but make them want to be there. And right now, I mean, I certainly didn't want to go there every morning. Really? It was an awful place. Is he right, Ian? Yeah, absolutely. School's got to be an attractive place, not just for the kids, but for staff as well. And if the place is attractive, staff are going to be excited. They're going to be more motivated. They're going to be working their butts off for those kids. Good on you, Ian. Thanks for being with us. That's Ian Taylor, yeah. principal of uh, Monroe Intermediate. Uh, can I just come back to you, Steve? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just thinking. I'm just reeling from my mind mm-hmm. how I would deal with that if um, I tell a kid to get out of my car. Fourteen. Fourteen or fifteen. Turns around and then punches through the glass. Oh yeah. That would have been a hard day at work. Well, it was one of the, one of the hard days. I mean, I've had kids swing, swing punches at me, never actually connect. I've had threats of violence. Uh, I've, I've had the police called on students who were threatening me, like genuinely intimidating. And I'm a big fella. Yeah. Um, I, it's this is not a joke. This is not an exaggeration. It's the only school I've ever worked at that's had to pay for counselling for me. I, I, in the end, basically, I left that school with PTSD. Um, best move I ever made was getting away from there. My, it, my mental health suffered teaching in that circumstance. So it's no wonder kids don't want to go.